Hey everyone, it's Lisa from the blog farmhouseonboon.com and today I have a very special video planned for you. My name is Lisa, mom of six and creator of the blog and YouTube channel Farmhouse on Boone. Join me as I share with you my love for creating a handmade home from scratch cooking and a little mom and entrepreneur life along the way. I am so excited to share with you the birth story of our seventh child, our fifth son in a row. So we had two girls and then five boys. <laughs> we didn't find out the gender on this little one. We actually didn't find out the gender on any of our five boys. And so every time I don't find out, it's a boy, <laughs> which is very surprising to me. But I'm just gonna dive right into the birth story of this little guy. I have replayed this in my head so many times. Um, he is, let's see here, He'll be three days old tonight at 10 o'clock. So this is day three of postpartum. I really wanted to get this recorded before I forget any details. But I don't know if you do this if you're a mom, but um, usually after a birth, I do that. I replay it in my head and kind of, you know, the day usually is a blur. And so you're putting together any little details that you might have forgotten and piecing it together with a clear mind that isn't in labor. So Monday I went in for a midwife appointment. I had one more plan after this. So I would have been on Monday, 39 weeks and four days. And it was just really normal midwife appointment. I brought my two youngest boys with me. They checked my blood pressure. They checked just the bundle height, they actually said I measured 40 weeks, which was weird because I always measure so behind no matter what size the baby is. So I was really surprised that I was actually measuring on time, if not a little bit ahead. Anyways, obviously that doesn't matter at all. I fully planned to make it to 40 weeks. I have never gone into labor. This is my seventh child before 40 weeks. So I was not looking to go into labor anytime, well, soon obviously, but not like that day. And I even had said that on my Instagram. I shared that a 39 week pregnancy photo and said, you know, I, I have all of next week planned. And I did, I had out a whole plan for the week. I had to get some videos shot to finish up. I mean, obviously had to is relative because I didn't and it's totally fine. But I had a plan all the way through Friday and then I was gonna have the baby somewhere around there, probably over the weekend, which as I'm shooting this, it's not even the weekend yet, so I did not make that. So Monday night, overnight, I had five-ish, that's just an estimate, contractions that woke me up. But nothing consistent or regular, just probably about five random contractions that whenever I woke up, I thought those were real. I know the difference between Braxton Hicks and real contractions because obviously I've had so many kids. And whenever, to, it's hard to describe, but with a Braxton Hicks, at least for me, my entire uterus clamps up, like it just cramps actually, gets really tight, the whole thing. And then with a real contraction, I find that it's lower and it feels more like a pulling, more like, I don't know, it feels more like it is opening up the cervix and then it wraps around to the back. It doesn't just stay in the front. And so that's what it was. In the morning, whenever we woke up, we were kind of going about our morning and I casually mentioned to Luke, oh yeah, I had five contractions overnight. And he was like, what? 
why didn't you tell me? And I'm like, well, they stopped. They, there's nothing going on now. And he's like, yeah, but every time that happens, you go on to have the baby, which is totally true. It, it, there's always these few warning contractions, stuff stops, and then it starts back up. But I've never had real contractions that don't lead to labor within a day or two. I've never had the prodromal labor or anything like that. If I feel a real contraction, I pretty much know that labor is going to happen within the next day or so. I went about my normal day, milked the cow, came in and did the girls' math with them. I took the younger boys while Luke did the older kids' other schoolwork after that. The younger boys and I cleaned and made lunch and all that kind of stuff. After lunch, we sent all the older kids outside and we put Daniel down for a nap. Luke and I went out to the cottage. I started decorating. He hung a mirror. I needed him to hang for the video. I needed him to get the mantle done. A whole bunch of last minute things so that I could decorate it like I needed to for the video. Around two, I didn't say anything to Luke, but I started noticing contractions coming on again. And nothing at all that would make me stop or pause, just noticing it. My strategy for labor is to ignore it and not tell anybody about it and just let it be something that isn't a big deal for absolutely as long as possible. It is my strategy with all my kids and it has served me really well. I just try to like make no big deal about it so that mentally it's not a big deal. Around 3.30, Luke took all the kids into town. He had to take the older girls somewhere and I needed to get that video shot. So, because at this point I hadn't had a quiet moment. We were working in the cottage. The kids were outside playing, the little boys in the morning. So there hadn't been a moment where I could sit down and talk to the camera. And so around four, I sat down in the cottage to film the video. Through this, I'm still having contractions. I haven't timed anything yet. And I don't think that they were super regular, but I can't be sure because again, it was just something I felt, but wasn't timing or acknowledging too much. But I started to think, okay, you know, I probably should get a few more things done because I'm like partially in denial. Like there's the part of me that's like, there's no way I'm having a baby already. But then the other part of me is like, okay, but you know this, you have never experienced contractions and then not had a baby either that night or the next day. So I'm like kind of rushing a little bit. Around five, I come in from the cottage and I have to shoot one final recipe for a three fall, one pot meal thing that I have coming out and I had all, I had the other two already shot. So I needed to get that one loose end tied up and also I needed to make dinner. So that worked great. Around six, Luke came home with all the kids and um, I was finishing up dinner. And then I said to him, oh, the contractions are, are still coming. And he's like, still, you haven't said anything to me since this morning about the five random ones overnight. And I'm like, oh yeah. Well, they started around two and they haven't been consistent, but I think I should probably start timing them. So around 6.15, I looked at the clock and I said, okay, I just had one, let's see. And the next one was five minutes later. And so I'm like, oh my, that's, that's uh, really something because with Daniel, my previous birth, my contractions never did get closer than about 10 minutes apart. And it took forever, but they were 10 minutes apart for like 48 hours. And then I had like two contractions close together and he was born. So I never did get the close duration 
of five minutes. My third born was actually born in the van because my contractions never got closer than five minutes and the midwives want you to wait till that. So it's a normal pattern for me for that not to happen. So whenever I noticed that they were coming five minutes apart, I was like, oh, this is, this is serious. <laughs> Still at this point, at the 6.15ish when I started noticing five minutes, they still were not contractions that I needed to pause or stop, well, I paused, but I didn't need to lay down, I didn't need to really stop talking. They were still very mild um, at that point. I mean, strong, but not um, ones that took all of my focus and attention. Around that same time, no, around 6.30, I waited to see if I was gonna have more five minute apart contractions. So around 6.30, when I clearly was, I texted the midwife for the first time. I told her, hey, um, I'm having labor signs. Nothing to be alarmed about, just saying I might be calling you later. I didn't tell her I was having contractions. I just said labor signs for whatever that means. So she said, okay, well, I'll get my ducks in a row and if you call later, great. Um, if not, great too. So just kind of a warning. The one midwife lives a half hour away and the other one lives more like 45 minutes away. And so I thought, you know what, if I get them all ready, then if I call them, you know, I only have to call them a half hour in advance. <laughs> That's good. So around, I think shortly after that, we sat down to eat the dinner. And as I was sitting there, I didn't have any contractions. And I'm like, Ugh. Of course, I text the midwife and then nothing. But when I stood up, of course, they started coming again, which happens to me with all of my babies. They say that it's not real labor if they don't keep coming while you're sitting. It always is for me. And it always is to where at first I need to keep moving to keep the labor going. And then at some point it completely shifts and I can lay down and they come no matter what but I was not at that point yet. So around seven, I took all the boys up to go to bed while Luke went and caught the cow for evening chores. And I was still having them. I was sitting there reading a book on my boy's couch and you know, I'd pause a little bit to have a contraction. Around eight, I came downstairs from putting the boys to bed and I started doing dishes. Luke was like, hey, I can do that. And I'm like, I know, but right now I need to keep moving because whenever I lay down, it slows down. And so we're gonna just keep this going. As long as I can move around, I'm going to. And then at some point I won't be able to and that's when we'll, you know, we'll, we'll cross that bridge when we get there. At this point, I started to need to lay down during contraction. I remember uh, I was sweeping the floor and then I just kind of threw myself down on the that ruggable rug that I have by the kitchen sink and had a contraction, got back up, did more dishes. In the that stage of labor, this is probably like what I would call like middle labor. There's early labor where you're just going. And then there's middle labor where I can move in between, but then I need to relax. And then there's like the end of labor where I don't even get up at all because if I do get up in between contractions, then I can't get fully relaxed like I need to on the next one. And so I was at that point, and actually I'm thinking back that I actually kind of missed something. Whenever the boys were still awake, I did come into the bedroom each time to have the contraction. I forgot about that. I said I didn't have to lay down, but I actually did, or at least it made it better if I did. So I guess probably from around 6.30 through 8.30, I was having the kind of contractions where you get up in between them, 
lay down while you're having them, and then just kind of back and forth. Around 8.30, I decided to take a quick bath, just wanted to clean up, and then I also have been told by so many people that water is great for contractions. I had one contraction in the water and I was not a fan. Now, I didn't have a birth pool. So I, I know that the difference between like a clawfoot tub and a birth pool are night and day. And I actually had debated in the days leading up to birth whether I wanted to actually switch the plan and do a water birth. I've never done a water birth. I'm so into the Bradley method, it has served me so well. And so in the Bradley method, there's this certain position, like it's a very specific position that they get you in in order to relax. And I just don't wanna, I just don't want to experiment away from it because it's worked so well. But I thought, you know, I'm not in this crazy part of labor yet. I'll just try it in my bathtub and see what the hot water feels like. But I wasn't able to get relaxed enough. Like I could relax, but I couldn't make everything so loose and limp that I could ride the wave better. And so that contraction that was in the bathtub, I was like, all right, I'm out of here. I gotta get into my bed now. And so I got out of the bath pretty quickly, got dressed as quickly as possible so I could get to the bed again. I didn't wanna have another contraction out of um, bed. And around 8.30, 8.40-ish, I texted, or I called the midwife, and I looked back in my phone to kind of get the details straight, and we talked for about four minutes. So I talked through a few contractions. Um, I told her, hey, I feel weird calling because you know there's this part of me that says, you're still fine. You're like, you're totally talking through contractions. Every time I have one, I relax, and they're totally fine as long as I'm completely loose and limp. But then there's the other part of me that's like, but you know how this goes. I've never had a birth where the midwife is there for more than like a half hour to an hour. And so I know that in the back of my mind that it seems like I'm calling too early, but I'm totally not. And so I was like, I'm gonna force myself just to do this because I feel like I shouldn't call her yet. But then like the person in the back of my mind is like, no, no, you need to call him right now. And so she said, well, I mean, you do sound fine, but this is your seventh, so maybe we'll just come if you have a place that we could rest, maybe a couch or something. So if, you know, if it's not progressing like you think, maybe we'll just kind of just, you know, lay down, take a nap in the other room. And I'm like, all right, you know, that's a good plan. <laughs> Let's just do that. And I felt, you know, comfortable finally knowing that I made the call because throughout pregnancy, there's always this, am I gonna call them in time? Because I have, did have one uh, child unassisted because I didn't call the midwife in time. And then I've had um, four home births where I did call the midwife in time. And it's just a really hard, really difficult call to make, no matter what. I felt good knowing they were coming. Interestingly though, after I called her, I was at the point in labor where I didn't want to get up. I decided that I was settled in to the bed at this point. And I laid there and I'm like, oh my goodness, now I'm not having any contractions. I probably was just psyching myself up a little bit thinking I called too early. And I laid there for probably seven or eight minutes. I didn't look at the clock, but it was a while that I was laying there, no contractions. And then one came, it was really strong. And I'm like, nope, I called in time. That was good, I'm glad I called. And then I got the uh, thought, oh, I never did make the bed like I was supposed to because when you're in labor, you if you're having a home birth, you do a fitted sheet 
a shower curtain and then another fitted sheet so that you can have the baby and then they peel back the sheet and the shower curtain and then you're laying in a nice clean bed. And so I'm like, oh shoot, I gotta do that. And so I had a contraction, I popped up, grabbed the stuff, Luke came in and helped me, we made the bed really quick. And I mean, I whenever you're standing, or at least for me, whenever I'm standing at that stage of labor, the contractions come really quickly. So we hurried up, got the bed made, I laid back down because I was instantly having another contraction probably just like two or three minutes later or however long it took to make the bed. Now, at this point, I still would not consider what I was going through to be pain. And in all honesty, it was very intense and I use the Bradley method. So if you're someone who's wanting to plan a home birth or any kind of natural birth, hospital, whatever, I actually did have a natural hospital birth using the Bradley method as well. So it works for home birth. Um, it, it works better for home birth and birth center because the hospital isn't all that comfortable, but I did do it and it did, it worked out great um, with my second child. The, the point of the Bradley method is you train yourself to relax really deeply. So there is a very specific position they give you where every part of your body is equally supported. You have your knee and your foot on this pillow in a certain way. And this arm is bent slightly so that it isn't tense. And this arm is bent this way. It's just designed so that every part of your body is supported not straight out, not tense. And the whole goal through all of labor is getting, is just focusing on relaxing. So you just go deeper and deeper. Your whole goal is you're thinking about relaxing more and more. And in my previous births, um, I would say my first three natural births, I studied that book back and forward. I practiced relaxation every night from 20 weeks on. This birth, I seriously got the book. I, I somehow misplaced mine. I probably gave it to a friend. And so I ordered the book at like 38 weeks. I did like crunch time reading the relaxation section. That's all I read because I know the other stuff is all very, it's second nature to me at this point, but I would recommend reading the whole thing. Natural childbirth, the Bradley way. If you do decide you want to have a natural birth, being prepared is just, it is so necessary. But anyways, I did like three nights of practicing the relaxation, read the relaxation section, that was it. I basically crammed, but I was still able to do it during labor, I really was. I was a little nervous that I wasn't going to be able to do it because I didn't practice very much, but it does come back at this point. It's pretty second nature for me. And the other part of Bradley, and this is really important, is you learn what is happening in your body. So instead of, instead of feeling like it's this crazy, intense, something that has no purpose, you're actually picturing the uterus itself. Like in the Bradley book that I like, they have a diagram of the uterus where it shows the muscles that go around and the muscles that are elongated. And it explains in detail what is happening. And during the contractions, I picture that. And so it, I, in my head, I'm like, this is, I, I know what's happening. My uterus is literally pulling open my cervix. That pressure that I'm feeling is the baby descending. So I can picture where it all is, what's happening. And that actually helps ridiculously a lot because instead of it just feeling like pain, it is 
it's feeling like you know what you are feeling. You understand that it's all part of the process and you can picture what is actually happening. And so it's not as scary. And whenever you remove the fear and the tension, it, it really does a lot. Now, I probably should go into more of this at the end of the birth story. So that way I get on with the story. I will say also, I uh, during my crunch time week, so 39 to 40, I, I read my Bradley chapter on relaxation, did my few exercises, and I listened to tons of positive birth stories. One of them I actually listened to Tuesday, the day I had him, was on the Happy Home Birth podcast. She had someone on called Talisa, I believe that's her name, the home birth queen. And uh, she has a book. I, if you look up the home birth queen, you'll find her. But she has a book. I didn't read the book or anything. I actually had just heard of her on Tuesday whenever I listened to the birth story. But she had something she said during all of her births. She, she describes all of her births as painless, which is crazy. This is... This birth that I just had with him is the first one I would probably almost fully describe that way. She said something that really stuck with me and I kept repeating it, but she said, this is power. During her labor, she would say, this is power and pressure, not pain. And so I kept picturing this uterus with these insanely strong muscles and the power of that those muscles and how they're pulling. And it is, it's really powerful. The uterus is, I don't really, know if this is a true fact, but it is probably the most powerful muscles in the human body, man or female, I don't know. But it is such a powerful, as Bradley Method calls it, bag of muscles. And so I kept saying to myself, this is power and pressure, not pain. And it really helped because I was picturing what was happening. So anyways, with that being said, I laid back down. I kept having contractions about 9.30, no, 9.40. I saw headlights coming up the driveway, and at that moment, my water broke. And so that was the midwife pulling in at 9.40, and my water popped, and I was like, oh boy. Because at this point, I was still questioning how far I was in the process. But if I, if my water breaks with all of my kids, it is not long. I mean, it is very soon. It actually, with most of my kids, it happens just minutes before birth. In this case, it was a little longer, but not much. So she pulled up at 9.40, she walked in, I said, my water just broke. And Luke said he actually heard it. Um, so I got that little shower curtain on just in time. Um, well, within probably a half hour of the water breaking and I would have completely ruined my organic mattress and everything. So glad I got that on. And she said, oh, okay. Cause at this point, you know, all she knew was I was still questioning whether I should have called her and whether she needed to come here and take a nap. I texted my sister. Um, I've never had her at any of my births, not because she doesn't want to, but because I just like to have like hardly anybody here. But once my water broke, I was like, okay, this is happening really soon. She lives close. She would love to see her nephew or whatever, nephew or niece be born. And so I texted her, I said, water broke. And then she said, oh my gosh, soon. And I said, you're welcome to come if you want. And she just was like, on it she was buzzing over here as fast as she could so she came in around 10 o'clock and the other midwife also got here around 10 o'clock and pretty much within minutes of them walking in i looked over at both of them i kind of waved and smiled and i said i think i need to push already and they're like what you look like you were sleeping this whole time and i'm like that's how i look in labor because i'm doing the bradley method so i'm not sleeping but I also don't vocalize, and I know 
from li- from listening to all those birth stories during my crunch time week that that is not the norm. I think most people do, but I don't. I really truly do look like I'm sleeping through my entire labor. They said, "You're how? You look like you were sleeping." And I was like, I know, maybe I shouldn't be pushing, but I am. And the midwife was, of course, like, well, if your body is telling you you need to push, you probably do. I was laying on my side and she goes, is that what's comfortable for you? And I, I kind of was like, I don't think I said like anything to her. I was like, nothing's comfortable. I'm pushing on a baby. But I didn't really, I didn't really give her an answer because I just figured I would get in whatever position worked for me. I did one push on my side. I got up to my hands and knees. I did a really large push. They said, oh, there's the head. And I, you know, obviously I felt that. And then I pretty much had the head out within like a minute. And then I didn't even wait for another contraction because I just wanted to get it done. (laughs) And so I just kept pushing and he slid out. And it was, it was just like the most calm birth I've ever had. I would say it was the most close to Micah's birth, which I shared his birth story on here as well because I had a YouTube channel at that time. The difference with Micah's birth is that I always up until this birth, I am able to relax and cope really well the whole labor up until transition. And I pretty much decided that there's really no way that you can relax during transition. During the transition of this birth, I was laying there probably around, I don't know, 9.30ish. Well, no, not quite there. I would say, I would say no, it was probably closer to 10 o'clock that all of a sudden you start getting these contractions that they're so powerful. They feel like they like lift you off the bed and you always have, or at least I always have that moment where I'm like, okay, I can't relax any longer. This is, you know, there's no possible way. And this time I started to have that thought and then I thought, I'm going to, I'm going to relax. And so I kept doing my Bradley method. I tried to like visualize what was happening, sink deeper into the bed, relax further. And then the next contraction, it was the pushing one. So I'm like, I think I just relaxed through transition. And I think that, I think I could almost call what just happened to me painless. I'm like, wow. So um, that's the difference with Micah's birth. It went pretty much the exact same down to the few contractions overnight then no contractions all day, and then the exact same length of the active labor. The only difference with Micah's was that I was not able to relax during transition, which, you know, it still turned out to be a beautiful birth and I I didn't have any regrets with it, but it really was interesting to see that I could do it during this one um, just by, I just kind of decided I did not want to have that panic moment at the end. I just didn't. I was a little bit fearful going into this birth because I've had such honestly straightforward births that have pretty much followed a similar pattern to this one um, every time. And I just thought, okay, this is at some point something, you know, maybe the position won't be right or something because they've been, I mean, Daniel's was definitely harder. It was a lot harder and I couldn't do the Bradley method because of positioning, but I was just a little bit nervous that something like that would happen because I don't know, this one felt like a, like a free pass. Like it was just so beyond easy for birth. I mean, of course it was intense and 
there was there was all that power and pressure but it was after i had him i'm like that was it <laughs> i can't believe that so yeah it was it was everything that i'd hoped for super easy um you know if you can call birth easy i guess that's not that's really not the right word it was just way better than i expected with daniel the one previous he was my first natural birth that i couldn't do the bradley method on because his position wasn't right and so they had to get me in a certain position in order to bring him down properly and whoo so for all you mamas who you know you you can't just lay there and fully relax for labor to progress properly and you have to actually like do things to make the baby get into the right position which i witnessed with my sister twice her a couple of her births were not anything remotely what i would call easy those babies had to be you know it required her to really really work to get them out they did not just like when laura my sister um, I told her I was gonna record my birth story. She was like, what are you gonna say? I was in labor for two minutes and then the baby popped out. I'm like, well, no, <laughs> there's more to it than that. But hers required a lot more work. And I did witness that with Daniel and I had to labor in positions that were not conducive to relaxing and having a pain-free birth whatsoever. And so that happens. And that is just something that you have to be prepared for. But I kept telling myself throughout this pregnancy, no matter what, even if it's, even if it's a birth like Lara's where, you know, I have to, they, they just won't get in the proper position. The midwives have to like get me here and there in order to get the head down right. Or like Daniel's where I have to labor in transition with my chest on the bed and my butt in the air. And it's like horrible. No matter what, there's always a victory on the other side of it, you know? So I kept thinking no, no matter what happens, I will get through it. I will have a new baby on the other end of it. The last birth story I listened to before I actually had him, because I was just in this like, I'm listening to all these home birth stories because this is my crunch time of preparing my brain, was my friend Elizabeth Parsons from Purely Parsons. She had a surprise twin home birth and I was listening to her story, probably still at like, I had my earbuds on and I was listening to birth stories at like eight o'clock that night and she has a birth affirmations resource on her website and so i googled that and i was like reading through all these scriptures and the birth affirmations so like i said very crunch time on all of this i literally pulled up some birth affirmations at like 8 30 at night and i had them at 10 10. i don't know it was it was just kind of an unbelievable birth because it was it was i was very thankful for the just how how well it all went he was eight pounds and 10 ounces 20 inches long so kind of chunky i was very surprised i felt smaller this time i don't know i had so many people tell me that i looked tiny i didn't really i didn't feel like i looked that tiny but um no he was a good sized baby my last baby daniel was 713 all the boys before daniel were like him they were 87 810 813 so it seems like that eight and a half pound is what most of my babies are but daniel was smaller much harder to birth which by the way if uh if you have it in your head that i don't know when i had my first baby and she was 615 people were like well that was probably easy like, no, <laughs> she was sunny side up. It was not. And so I think 
if anybody, if you've ever had a five pound baby and it was very difficult, don't let anybody not validate your experience because it, it really, the weight to me does not matter. I even had a baby with a really huge head and it, it wasn't harder than my first that um, was tiny. So anyways, I had the baby at 10, 10. My oldest daughter was still awake. She heard the cry, came down, met her brother. The midwives were really into teaching them like so many things. So they were showing them the placenta and the little tree of life. They like to call it on the placenta and where the baby was and the cord and how it has the um, three, whatever, I don't know. They were explaining it all. Uh, the three veins or whatever. Clearly I didn't read much up about this. Um, they were showing them the newborn exam. So they were going through and like looking at every part of him and explaining it to the kids. So it was a really neat experience. Kids all went to bed around midnight. The midwives left around one. Then around like three in the morning, my fifth child, Micah, came down. He likes to get in bed with us. And you know, he's always half asleep. He just jumps in and goes to sleep. But he was like, baby? <laughs> Cause I had just put him to bed pregnant, obviously. And I go, yeah, Micah, where did the baby come from? And he goes, out your belly. So he sort of understood. He'll be four in December. He had so many questions. Both of my my uh, five or six and three-year-old boys, they just, I guess, think all babies are girls, even though we've never had a girl baby and neither has my sister since they've been alive. But they call, they keep saying her and she. And so Micah kept saying, her ears so little, her nose so little. Let me see her little feet. Like he just, he had so many questions and comments. So we were up from about, three to five, and then he went to sleep. I don't think I got much sleep that first night, but um, obviously I just stared at his little face and you know, you can't hardly sleep after having a birth and then processing it. I'm laying there, I'm like, okay. I was in denial that I was even in labor literally five hours ago, and now I'm just laying here with a baby. And so you just can't go right to sleep, you know? You gotta just reflect and I was thinking back about the whole birth and thanking God for such a just peaceful experience. And he was awake for a while, so I was just looking at him and it was sweet. I highly recommend home birth. <laughs> this is our, I guess, technically fourth home birth. I sometimes say fifth because our my third child was born in the van. We were going to a midwife birth center, didn't make it. And then so the other four after him, I decided to just forever and always just not go anywhere during labor. So um, there's our story. I have just been laying here in bed ever since. Honestly, I've gotten out and ventured to the kitchen just a few times. And for the most part, we've had so much help. My mom and my sister brought food. They took the kids. Um, we're gonna get, get them all back today but um, just been Luke and I hanging out and then he'll mostly do all of the chores for at least a week. And then usually after a week, I start doing like a little bit of things, like a little activity, but I like to lay pretty low for two weeks and then I lay in bed for a week. So I pre-recorded some videos. Go ahead and watch my video this week. I have one coming out where it was supposed to be called nesting. I kind of changed it to get it all done because 
I don't know, the storyline didn't line up because the birth story was supposed to come out after that. But then he came early. Um, I know two days early probably doesn't seem very early to some of you, but to me, it's quite early. All right, well, thank you so much for following along with this pregnancy, for all your prayers and well wishes. I shared some pictures over on Instagram and here on YouTube, and you all are just so sweet and supportive. And so I'm really thankful for that. Thank you so much for stopping by the farmhouse.